0: So excited that you've joined us online today for our worship experience and teaching from God's Word. You know, we're socially distancing in these days, but that doesn't mean we have to relationally distance. We can still stay connected through technology. This is one way as we worship together online, but something as simple as just picking up a phone and calling somebody, staying in touch. So let's leverage this time, Uh, even if we're socially distanced, let's keep relationally Connected during these days. Hey, I'm excited to bring you this message. Easter's just a few weeks away, and we've been focusing on the cross and all that it means uh, for our lives. Uh, You know, the, the cross is getting some display in the New York Times lifestyle section. Just a few years ago, they ran an article that's called "Piety on." parade. Piety on parade. And they were talking about how crosses were becoming so much a part of fashion and accessories. Uh, But lest you think uh, folks are getting very religious, one of the designers, a lady by the name of Donna Karen, who is Jewish, uh, said, people ask me, how can a nice Jewish girl do a cross? And she said, I don't see it as a religious symbol or religious signature. And you know, for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, the cross is not just a religious symbol or a religious signature. It is certainly that, but it is so, so much more. In fact is, we could say uh, that all of our life is shaped by the cross. For a true Christian, our entire life is shaped by the cross, including the way that we look at and see and understand ourselves. And I want to just kind of set this up by saying two things that the cross says about me. Two things the cross says about you and it says about me. The first thing is there is something seriously wrong with me. Now don't, don't, shut down the video here don't check out on me there is something seriously wrong with me it reminds me that sin is so pervasive sin has done such a a distorted work that it is it has touched every part of my being there is no part of my being that is unaffected by the reality of sin there is something seriously wrong with me. But that's not all the cross says. The cross also says that there is something profoundly valuable about me. There's something profoundly valuable about me. My dad was an accountant, and as we, we were growing up, he, he tried desperately to impart basic economic lessons to us uh, as uh, his children growing up. And one of the first lessons I remember was the, the simple question What is something worth? What is something worth? And the answer was what somebody's willing to pay for it. What somebody's willing to pay for it. What are you and I worth? Well, in the eyes of God, we were worth him sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for us. Yes, the cross reminds me that there is something seriously, seriously wrong with me apart from Jesus Christ but it also screams that there is something profoundly valuable about me because of the price that God was willing to pay for me to be reconciled, to be relationally reconnected to Him in Jesus Christ. And so what I want us to do, I I want us to to look at what the cross says about the way that we know ourselves. And to do that, I want to look at just four short verses, very familiar passage in Romans chapter eight. And in Romans chapter eight, I I want you to see with me uh, today uh, a, a truth to believe, a provision to receive, and a liberation uh, to live from. And the truth to believe uh, is found in verse one. Verse one, perhaps familiar to, to many of you. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is a life changing truth, if it will really grip my heart and life, that I will come to understand that for me, if I am genuinely in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation for me. Now, now, what, it, what does it mean to be condemned? Well, let me give you a dictionary here for just a moment. Uh, condemned means to declare to be reprehensible, wrong or evil, usually after weighing evidence and without reservation. Uh, An example is a policy widely condemned as racist. Uh, Another uh, definition of condemn is to pronounce guilty. Or to convict. And that that's my story. That, that's your story that apart from Jesus Christ, we are condemned. We are declared guilty. We are, are those who stand guilty before a holy God. But God intervened in Jesus Christ. And so Paul writes with these strong, strong negative words: there is therefore now no condemnation. None of this is true about me anymore if I am in Jesus Christ. But I need to make some important distinctions here because uh, sometimes we, we get uh, confused when some things are happening in our life and we wonder, well, am I, am I still condemned? Am I not really in a right relationship with God? You see, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. The Holy Spirit is gonna continue to work in the life of every believer uh, to point out truth, to point out those areas of our life where my life is not aligned with God. John 16 tells us, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit will speak to us and he will not speak with a voice of, of condemnation, but he will speak with, with a voice of conviction where my life doesn't line up with truth, with God's truth. He is going to speak very clearly to me and call me to repentance, to call me to return to that which is life. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. There's also a difference between condemnation And consequences, condemnation and consequences. Just because I am no longer condemned, I am no longer under this this righteous judgment of a holy God, doesn't mean that I don't continue to experience consequences for my choices. Uh, Paul writes about that principle of sowing and reaping in Galatians 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life that even though i am not condemned what i sow in my life the habits the choices the the words all of those things reap a harvest and depending upon what i sow will depend upon some of the consequences that i experience and live out in my life i may not be condemned but i may experience at times painful consequences because Of my choices. But there's a third distinction I want you to be aware of, and that is the difference between condemnation and discipline. Condemnation and discipline. Sometimes God in love brings discipline to bear on our lives. And we talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about suffering and the endurance of the cross. God disciplines those he loves. Hebrew 12 tells us, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom His father does not discipline. Discipline is not a sign of condemnation, it's a sign of love. It's God in his love, disciplining, bringing some things to bear in our life so that he can do in us what he uniquely wants to do and things he wants to uniquely do through us along the way. There's a powerful, powerful truth for you and I to believe. And that is that there is now, no, absolutely no, he couldn't say it in stronger terms, condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Christ, about that truth is connected to a provision, a provision for us to receive. I, I don't know if you noticed it or not as we read through verse one, uh, but there's a key phrase, in Christ Jesus, that there is therefore now no condemnation, but here's the, the group that this is true of, for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who have come to a point in their life when they have, have recognized the reality of something seriously wrong with them, something so seriously wrong that they could not fix it themselves. they could not morally morally get out of it, they could not religiously get out of it, they could not financially buy their way out of it, that there was only one provision and that was in Jesus Christ. Now there, there's a lot of ways of looking at the world. there's a lot of ways of looking at people and we tend to classify and, and put people in categories along the way. But as you think about it scripturally, there are basically uh, only, only a couple of categories. And it d- depends on what we did with Jesus Christ. God intervened for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's this thing God did something for us that we could have never, ever, ever done for ourselves in Jesus Christ. And depending upon how we respond to this, it puts us in one of two categories. We are either in Jesus Christ, and for those people, there is no condemnation, or we are not in Christ Jesus. And the default position, the default setting, is that we are under. Condemnation, And it comes to the most basic of points. What did I do with Jesus? When John was opening up his gospel, he talked about Jesus coming. And he talked about the fact that he came to his own, but they did not receive him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. The decision that every one of us has to make is what are we gonna do with Jesus? Are we gonna recognize the reality of our sin? Are we gonna turn and repent of our sin and place our faith and trust for our past, our present and our future in the finished work of Jesus Christ? Are we going to cry out to Him to be our forgiver, our Savior, and look to Him as our leader and Lord? Or are we going to do it on our own? On our own, we're under condemnation. But the provision to receive is what God did for us through the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. urge you today. Whenever you're seeing this, wherever you're at, you don't have to be in a church building to receive this provision. You just have to open up your life to repent and to place your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. In fact, is I'm going to encourage you, if you have a question about this, send us an email, go to the church's website, look on the contact page, let us know how we can come alongside you and help you take that step of trust and obedience to Jesus Christ. There's a truth to believe that's based on the provision that we've received. And when we have received that provision, we now have a liberation to live from, that we now are a different person. We have a new identity and we have a new position and a new freedom to live. And that's what Paul talks about in the next few verses. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free You are free, and then here's the phrase again, in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, that you and I have been set free. That in Jesus Christ, and that again is the key, key phrase, in Jesus Christ, we are set free, certainly from the penalty of sin. That's why he said there's no condemnation. I am no longer under penalty because Jesus took my penalty. He paid it all. But not only, Paul says, are we freed from the penalty of sin, but you and I are set free from the power of sin. That that it no longer has authority over us. No longer do we have to live and walk in the ways of the flesh. But as a new person, a new creation with a new capacity, we can live in a new freedom. Paul would write earlier in this letter to the Romans, for sin will have no dominion over you. Think about that. No condemnation and no dominion. Sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. You are not under a a plan where you have to earn God's favor and love and forgiveness, but you have been rescued and saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And it no longer frees you from the penalty of sin, but it also frees you from the dominating power of sin. But let me make sure that you understand when we are set free, it's not to live in any old way that we may please. In our culture, we tend to think, well, freedom means I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. No, when the Bible talks about freedom, it's not freedom to live any old way we may please, but to live in the best of ways that fully pleases God. That he sets us free to be the people that he created and designed us to be. Philippians, Paul wrote about God's work in us. For it is God who works in you. That there is now this new identity and this new power at work in you, both to will a desire, but to and to work for His good pleasure, that you and I are now set free not to live any old way we may please, but now we have a new desire and a new capacity to live in the best possible ways, the ways that fully please Him. You see, the gospel does something. The gospel makes possible a brand new way of life for us, a life lived in holiness and abundance in and through the power of of the Holy Spirit. That's the the new life that you and I have. And, And I've been saying for years, and some of you who have been a part of the First Baptist family have no doubt heard me say this over and over again, that my life works best when it's aligned with God's design. That my life works best when it's aligned with God's design. And that's what he has set me free to do. That more and more and more, as I I give myself to Him, as I find my identity and meaning and purpose in Him, He sets me free to live life aligned with His design so that I become, you become the person that He created you to be, to do the things that He uniquely wants to do through you. There is a truth to believe. There is a provision to receive. It's all connected to in Jesus Christ. But there is a liberation to live from. And so I wanna take our last few moments today and just talk about how do we live out this reality, and I'm just going to give you five things very, very quickly, and then we're going to kind of build on this next week as we continue to focus on the cross of Jesus Christ and what it means for our everyday life to live out our liberation, to live out our new identity, to live out of this new knowledge of who we are. Five things the, for every follower of Jesus Christ: a spiritual reality is also a spiritual responsibility. That if I have this new reality that I am, this new creation, this new person in Jesus Christ, with that goes a corresponding responsibility. Now I am responsible to live in light of my new identity. Now I am responsible to live in alignment with God's purposes for my life. In order to do that, five things help. The first is to recognize and receive Jesus Christ. Is your rightful Lord and Savior. He said, Jeff, you keep talking about that. That's because nothing is more fundamental. Because without that in place, nothing else matters. And again, our hope, our prayer for you. I don't know who God's gonna have uh, to to tune in, to be a part, to listen to this teaching uh, over the next uh, few days. But I know that God desires that each and every person come to recognize how seriously wrong they are in their sin, but how profoundly valuable they are to recognize and receive Jesus Christ as your rightful Lord and Savior. And we want to help you take that step. As you open up your life to receive His forgiveness, to receive the power to, to live a brand new life, I think it helps to memorize and meditate upon the truths of the scriptures we've been talking about. Just to come back and the the greatest way to, to fight the lies of our culture, the lies of the enemy is to replace it with truth. And just to come and just saturate my mind to say, there is therefore now no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus That I am not left to my own devices, but sin no longer has the right to have a dominion over me because I have been set free in Jesus Christ. Uh, That God is at work within me, both the will and to work for his good pleasure. And so I encourage you, find some of these key scriptures. Doesn't have to be limited to just these two or three, but memorize and meditate upon these scriptures because the more these saturate the mind, the more you're gonna begin to live out of the alignment of your new identity. And thirdly, closely associated with that is to praise God regularly for this reality in your life through Jesus Christ. You know, these are, these are some crazy days, aren't they? And if we're not careful, we can just get so focused on what we can't do and what we've lost and fears over the future and the uncertainty. And, and I know those are very, very real. But I tell you what I have found in my life, the thing that reframes all of those, doesn't diminish them, doesn't say they're not real, the thing that reframes all of those is praise, is praising God, for who He is and for what He has done, for praising God for for what He has done and who I am now as a child of His. And so I might just encourage you, even there in these crazy days, find some ways to praise God regularly. Pray some of these scriptures back to Him. Find some music that just lifts your heart to the Lord and just sing or just meditate on the text or whatever it is, but find ways to praise God regularly for the reality in your life that is now true in Jesus Christ. Two more, trust. Trust in the present empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You do not walk alone. On your best day and on your worst day, you do not walk alone. If you are a child of God, if you are in Christ Jesus, here's here's the thing, God is in you. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And with that goes an empowerment. And, and it they may not feel it every day. You may have woke up this morning and you say, the last thing I feel is empowered right now. That's why it's a matter of faith. That's why it's a matter of trust, to choose to believe what God has said is true, that I am trusting in the present empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that I, I flesh that out is I act. I act in light of my new identity. That I I begin to to take actions. I begin to speak words. I begin to to, to live out this reality of the present freedom. No condemnation, no domination. The present empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I just uh, phrase this. This is just as simple as taking God at his word. You know, we we take people at their word all the time. Sometimes we get disappointed. But this is taking God at his word. I'm trusting God in the promise that he made. I'm trusting in the provision that he made for me. I am trusting that he has liberated me and I am gonna trust in the present empowerment of the Holy Spirit and I'm gonna live, I'm gonna act, I'm gonna take actions in light of this new identity. Paul, when he was writing to the Colossians about how do you walk now, how do you live now as a new creation, a new follower of Jesus Christ, said, therefore, As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How do I receive Christ Jesus the Lord? I take God at His word. That the truest thing about me is what He says about me. That there is something seriously wrong with me because of sin, but I am profoundly valued. And that I open my life up to Jesus Christ and I received Him. By His grace working in me, but through the the agency if you will, of faith that faith opens up my life and that's not just the beginning of my life with Christ, but that is the daily experience of my life with Christ. every single day I take him at his word, and I, I walk, I step out in faith and obedience to what he has said, as I have received him so I am to walk in Him. He put it another way to the Galatians, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You have this new identity. You have this new capacity. You have this liberation. Walk by the Spirit, the Spirit of God that is alive and working in you. Walk in obedience to the Spirit. Walk and trusting in the Spirit's empowerment. And you will not fall back under the dominion of sin. You will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And I've been staying here because this is so, so, so important because this is what I know. It is nearly impossible for me or for you to consistently live and behave in a way that is inconsistent with the way that we see ourselves. Let me say that again. It is nearly impossible for you or for me to consistently live or behave in a way that is inconsistent with the way that we see ourselves. We need to see ourselves the way that God sees us. That has to be the foundation upon which all of our behavior flows. And it begins by taking God at his word, by stepping into, by faith, Jesus Christ and allowing him to set us free. In John's gospel, there's a story recorded in the eighth chapter. And it's of a a woman who was caught in adultery. And I think they weren't so much concerned about her as they were about trapping Jesus. And so they, they drag her before Jesus and the, the civil law of the day was that, that she deserved to be put to death by stoning. And so there's this crowd of people and they're seeking to trap Jesus and, and they've got the stones in hand and they're locked and co- you know, cocked and loaded, ready to go. And she's there and what do you say, Jesus? Jesus. Jesus stoops down and he begins to kind of scribble in the sand and people have speculated for years what he was scribbling. We don't really know. And he basically looked around and he said, who is without sin cast the first stone? And I don't know exactly how it played out. I've imagined it in my mind's eye that I can imagine maybe some of the older ones who'd lived a little bit more, first began to think. And maybe it was the conviction of God's Spirit at work in that moment, but I just kind of imagined just some sounds started. As stones were dropped on the ground and people kind of began to slink away. And then there's just Jesus and this woman who was condemned. And he asked her a question. Very simple, but very powerful. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And then this word from Jesus. Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Here's what I want you to hear today. In Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, Jesus says to you and to me, there is therefore now no condemnation. I do not condemn you. You have been set free from the penalty of sin and the dominion of sin. Go and sin no more. Live in light of your new identity in Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ is the way that we really know ourselves. It is the pathway to freedom. My hope and prayer is that you will live in that freedom. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, how we thank you for the perfect provision of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have set us free from the condemnation of sin and from the dominion of sin. And Father, I pray for anyone who right now is hearing the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that you would draw them to a genuine, real, saving faith in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for those that are genuinely in Christ Jesus, that they would begin to live out more and more their liberation, to live out the new reality in our lives. Father, that we would live as those who have been set free by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for what you have done for us. Help us to live it out this week as we go forth. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. I want to leave you with with a question. Just considering the spiritual reality of no condemnation and the empowered liberation available to me through Jesus Christ, I will live out my spiritual responsibility by... Would you just spend some time before the Lord... You say, what is it gonna look like for me to live in light of the spiritual reality of no condemnation and empowered liberation? If we can help you, we wanna come alongside you. Please go to our website, reach out to us via email, hit the contact link, maybe the easiest way to do that. Pick up a phone, call us along the way. We wanna help you take that next step in your life life in your liberation with Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of our time together. God bless you as we continue to walk with him.